Is this recording? Yeah, I think it is. Yep, okay, all right. So we are looking at Genesis uh, chapter 16. And I'm having my lunch at Sungai Wang Food Court. Yeah, it's very affordable here. Also a bit noisy, so I'm not sure about the noise, but hopefully this comes through um, audibly. I locked myself out trying to film this B-roll. Okay, so we're looking at Genesis 16 verse 1. Now, um, Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. She had a female Egyptian servant whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. So she's kind of like blaming God. You know, God has stopped me from giving you a son. So, um, she continues, go in to my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. So her plan is for Abram, her husband, to sleep with her maid, possibly marry her, you know, but the idea is that he sleeps with her maid, Hagar, and then she will have children through her. And Abram agrees, uh, verse two again, and Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. So here we have Abram, Sarai, and Hagar. And essentially what's happened is that Sarai has become the main character, the main character of the story. Previously it was Abram, you know, God gives this promise to Abram, you have children, I'll bless you through your children. But now Sarai has taken charge because she blames God. You know, she blames God for not coming through with the promises. And her kind of like ingenious plan is for her husband to sleep with her maid, uh, for a maid to get pregnant, and then she will claim that child, those children, as her own. And the problem is, Abram kind of like goes ahead with it. It just says there, Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. So he gives up that responsibility of saying whether yes or no. He just, he just went through with the plan. So verse 3, so after Abram had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, uh, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. So it's, you know, Sarai is doing all the active work. You know, she takes Hagar, she gives him to Abram. Uh, I think this taking and giving, there is a parallel with Genesis 3, you know, uh, took the fruit and ate it, that kind of thing. And so this is kind of like a repeat, a repeat of the original sin. Uh, something that looked good, that is desirable, and just went ahead and did it with no reference to God. Uh, verse 4, uh, and he, uh, Abram, sorry, it's really loud here. He, Abram, went into Hagar and she conceived, and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with content on her mistress. Aha, uh -huh, so the tables are turned. So the plan worked, but as a result of this plan working, now her maid looks down on her, yeah, despises her. And Sarai, verse 5, said to Abram, made a wrong you've done to me be on you. <laughs> she blames her husband. You know, this wrong is done to me. You know, it's your fault. You know, uh, I gave my servant to your embrace. And when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt. May the Lord judge between you and me. May God judge between you. So, 
she claims herself innocent. She plays the card of being a victim, you know, and therefore she blames her husband for not doing something about this, for causing this problem, even though it was her ingenious plan that worked, you know. But she says, you know, between you and me, you know, God would prove me innocent. And so, what does Abram do? Verse six. But Abram said to Sarai, "Behold, your servant is in your power. Do with her as you please." Again, that standoffishness. He doesn't claim any responsibility. But I really need to eat this lunch. So he really just says, you know, whatever you want to do, just go and do it. Go ahead and do it. And um, which is again, you know, not taking the lead, not being the husband, but just. Going ahead with whatever you know, whatever happens, you know, it just, just doesn't want to take responsibility for what's happened. Um, and then Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. So Hagar runs away. Understandable, you know, she's being abused by her boss, and she runs away. But the whole situation is very, very messy. Mm. Yeah. They're caused by them. And they make it worse, but they don't even see that they're at fault. You know, Sarah thinks it's she's innocent. Abram says, "Oh no, I have nothing to do with this." And as a result, poor Hagar. You know, Hagar is made use of, and now she runs away because she's been abused. Understandable. But what we see here is sin. What we see here is kind of a blindness to sin. You know, where I don't think she even realizes what she's done because she thinks that she's innocent. And it all starts with someone just doubting God's goodness. You know, knows enough that God has promised this thing, but doesn't think that God will come through with the promise. And just so from that little doubt, turns into this huge, huge sin and mess and chaos in the family. Yeah. So I've changed uh, the format of the video slightly. It used to be like this, and now it's like this and um, just trying something out uh, if you look for the old videos they're all still there they're on the youtube channel uh, and i'll put a link to the youtube playlist but also the spotify playlist if you just want to listen to the audio uh, they'll all be in the description below Watching your work okay right back to the video let's pick up from verse 7 the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness. Uh, found Hagar. She's running away. She's probably stopped to rest by this spring. Um, by uh, the spring on the way to shore. Verse 8. And he said, Hagar, servant of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I'm fleeing from my mistress Sarai. Because I'm running away. I can't take it anymore. You know, I, can't, I can't stay there. And the angel says something very surprising to her. The angel of the Lord said to her, Return to your mistress and submit to her. That's kind of surprising, right? Instead of saying, Oh, you poor thing, I'll help you out, I'll give you safety, he says, No, go back. Go back to the place where it's so unpleasant, where it's so horrible. But I want to be very careful about this because, you know, abuse is very real in this world. And I'm not sure whether this would be um, immediately the advice I would give to any one of my friends if they went through something as horrible as this. 
but God does say this. But God is God. You know, I think this is something very special. And this idea of returning back and submitting to her boss has a bigger repercussion than just her well-being. So he says to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. So um, it's a promise of blessing. It's almost similar to the blessing of Abraham. You know, Abraham, you know, have many, many uh, descendants, I'll bless them. And so he gives kind of like a partial shadow of that blessing to Hagar. He says, oh, you have lots of children, not just this one kid. Uh, and the angel of the Lord said to her, uh, Behold, you are pregnant, you shall bear a son, you shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has listened to your affliction. I'm not sure why it's arranged like a poem, whether it's meant to be a song or a poem, but yeah, uh, this is what the angel, angel says to her, you know, you're going to give uh, this son's name Ishmael, because Ishmael means God hears. Meaning, I've heard your cry, I've heard your prayer, and I am with you. Yeah. But, verse 12, he shall be a wild donkey of a man. You know, this guy will be a paikyang. <laughs> wild donkey, you know. His hand against everyone, he fights against everyone, just causes problems in the classroom. And everyone's hand against him. Oh boy, I'm really not sure where this is audible. This like, like, some kind of like, uh, construction happening in the background but yeah and he shall dwell over against all his kinsmen so against his brothers his relatives you know he'll stay with them but he'll be a problem you know you're a problem maker you'll, you'll just cause you know fights and you he's just not the kind of guy that uh, you get along with and you think of it as kind of strange uh, uh, on the one hand you know Hagar is going back to submit to her boss but her son is not going to submit to anyone. Now she's meant to go back and kind of like reconcile, but her offspring, her children, are going to cause problems within the family. And I think that is the bigger picture. You know, yes, God is going to bless Hagar, but through Hagar, it's going to become a curse or a judgment on Sarah and Abram on that whole family. Because you realize that God has been silent there, that God is speaking here and therefore God is speaking into that situation in a kind of roundabout way to judge that sin, to make them aware of that sin through Hagar. Yeah, okay. Um, verse 13, so she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, you are a God of seeing. For she said, truly here I've seen him who looks after me. God has seen me and I have seen him. And here is just that comfort for knowing that God isn't far away. And whatever you're going through, you think that no one else knows, God knows. You think that no one else hears, God has heard, God has seen everything you've been through. And that's a great, great comfort. More than the blessing, more than the turnabout, you know, it's the fact that God knows everything they're going through. Uh, therefore, the well was called Beer Lahai Roy. It lies between Kadesh and Bered. Yeah. That's significant about that place where she met God. Verse 15, And Hagar bore Abram a son. Then Abram called the name of the son whom Hagar bore Ishmael. Uh, interesting, you know, God gives the instruction to Hagar, but here Abraham, Abram gives the name. So, yeah, 
did God tell Abram? Did Hagar tell Abram? Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, uh, it was fulfilled. You know, the name of the son was Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. So yeah, so uh, that's the story of Sarai, of Hagar, two women. They're trying to have children and the kind of messiness of sin that uh, rises due to human unfaithfulness, human ingenuity of doubting God, that kind of thing. Mm. Okay, so I uh, just wanted to say that this is not a sermon. <laughs> These really are my impressions of a Bible passage that I read this morning on the train. Yeah, so I read it. I also listened to a sermon along the way. And what you're getting in this video is just my impressions of that passage. Uh, if you have some insights, please do share them with me in the comments below. Yeah, back to the video. What, what do we learn from this? We learn, uh, let, let's apply this to the two individuals, to Sarai first. You know, Sarai, she doubts God, but the way that she doubts God is by working out a solution. You know, some people doubt God and they run away or they abandon God's promises altogether. But here she tweaks God's promise. She comes up with a way to improve God's promise. And yeah, I don't know, I don't even know anyone like that. And those people aren't exactly not Christian, not believing, but they try to improve the Christian faith. They try to add something onto it. It ends up failing miserably. And there's a kind of sin whereby we try to add onto God. We try to be God ourselves and we try to do something that essentially shows that we don't trust God at all. And that's Sarai. And that's, you know, people like me, you know, we call ourselves like what content creators and you know, to do stuff like we create stuff. And we think sometimes through our own ingenuity, you know, we know better than God. We know how to solve problems better than God. <laughs> Uh, I hope I know how to solve this audio problem. Wow, that's so loud. Okay, anyway, um, but secondly, uh, Hagar, Hagar. You know, Hagar's situation is so bad, and again, you know, abuse is a very, very serious problem. You know, I think in many cases, the right thing is to leave, the right thing is to find help, the right thing is to have someone to intervene, and to really address that situation, especially like this, it's so serious. But what is even more important than that, that only God can do, is the comfort from knowing that God hears us and sees us and God himself can change the situation. So it's kind of like addressing how we pray during situations of distress. You know, we want God to change things. We want God to fix the situation. But, you know, that's a lot like Sarai. You know, Sarai, you know, just wants things to change. But here is someone who realized that God has a relationship with them and therefore they submit to God results in them submitting to other people. So again, it's not the circumstance. The circumstance doesn't change. You know, she goes back to Sarai. But what changes is that relationship, that knowledge, that trust in God. Yeah, that's, uh, that's really interesting because it comes not to Abraham, not to Sarai, but to um, Hagar, Hagar. But unfortunately, you know, she does have a son, but Ishmael, her son, will not be the heir. You know, he turns out to be someone who is rebellious, someone who goes back and causes havoc for the, for the family, and it's probably a sign of God's judgment upon the sin. But at the same time, it shows that, you know, um, the way back to God is always not rebellion. You know, God does not uh, send us back in situations just to cause more problems, but actually to reconcile, to be submissive, and 
and to love one another. And I think ultimately we see this in Jesus. Jesus is someone who submits to God's plan. Jesus is someone who trusts in God even up to the point of his life. And Jesus is someone who brings his family back to himself. Uh, Instead of fighting with the brothers, he brings many people to God and calls them brothers and brings them into relationship with God through his death, through his submission uh, on the cross. Yeah, Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, Again, I really hope that this is audible. But yeah, I'm going to have my lunch now. And after this, I'm going to try to do uh, something with this passage. Try to try output something creative, maybe meaningful, uh, uh, maybe fruitful from what we've learned in today's passage. Presenting Genesis 16 as a K-drama. Thanks so much for joining me. This has been the Daily Bible Reading Show looking at Genesis chapter 16. See you in the next one.